0: I can be who it says I can be, and I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, my ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, and it is a light unto our path. And as we hear the word today, I thank you for open hearts, for receptive minds, and for our lives being changed and pumped with faith when we're done today. And we can expect signs, miracles, and wonders to follow us because the word has been taught. And as we believe the word and begin to exercise it in our lives, there is no weapon formed against us that can prosper. We'll we'll be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And if you be for us, God, who can be against us? We declare that to be so. And as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God that's already in this place to teach your people your word in Jesus' name. Everybody say, Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series called Getting Your Life Together. Look at your neighbor and say, "Neighbor." Neighbor, you know what I'm about to tell you. You need to get your life together. We are identifying principles and addressing issues that will help us get our lives together. And I would just like everybody to be honest. Are there some areas in your life that you'd like to get together? Let me see your hand. Amen. And so that's what this series is for. And so far, we've talked about getting closer to God. And then last week, we talked about moving from flesh to faith. Today is a very important area because I believe it affects every area in one way or another in every believer's life and that area is stewardship everybody say stewardship stewardship Stewardship, in my opinion is one of the most important principles in the word of God because it's the way that God perpetuates his blessings in our lives however many Christians I believe are unaware of this principle called stewardship say stewardship And if you are unaware of how the principle works, you forfeit its benefit. And so our lesson today is designed to produce faith in your heart that you need to become a better steward of what God has blessed you with and given you to manage. So if you're taking notes and if you're not taking notes, I just want you to at least write the title down. Today's message is entitled, Managing Your Money Matters. Managing Your Money Matters. Now, I believe if you... Apply what I'm teaching this morning. It will keep you in a position for consistent increase and blessings in your life. Now, there are four things that I know uh, increase comes into our lives. First of all, according to God's word, financial increase is directly connected to our faith in God's word. In other words, our faith in what God says about his word is the way that increase starts. And how do you know if you have faith in God's word? First of all, you got to know his word. And then secondly, as yes, you do his word. And that's how we show that we have faith in his word. But number two, which I'm going to explain a little, is that the condition of our mind is also uh, uh, one of the ways in which financial increase comes. And so if, I con- if our mind condition is not good, our financial condition is not going to be good. And I'll show you that. The third way is the giving of our finances, because the only way to get something is in the kingdom. You got to give something. And the Bible says, if you sow something, you shall reap that. But then finally, what I want to focus on this morning is the level of your stewardship. So let's look at some specific keys this morning. I want you to find two verses of Scripture. I want you to find third John two that's close to the back of Revelation, third John two. And then I want you to write down and find Luke chapter 16, verse 10. That was 3 John chapter 2 and then Luke chapter 16 verse 10. I'm telling you that if you get a hold of this lesson, God will do several things in your life. Number one, you can expect God to meet your needs. How many would like your needs met on a consistent basis? Number two, you can expect God to bless you with increase. I don't know about you, but I want increase in my life. Not just for me, but so I can perpetuate God's blessing in someone else's life. My wife and I, we pay for some, I mean, personally, we pay for some back-to-school stuff for kids. Amen. Not just our children. You can expect God to help you during difficult times of shortage. In other words, when something comes in your life that you didn't expect, you can expect God to do something if you apply these principles. You can also expect God to rebuke the devil and keep him off of your stuff. So let's look in 3 John 2. If you there, say, I'm there. I love this verse, and and here's the first point that I want you to write down this morning. Most people who have a money problem, they have it because they have a mind problem. Most people who have money problems, it's only because they have a mind problem, and I'm going to prove it to you. In 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above what? All All things that you what? Prosper, that's natural prosperity. Now watch what he connects to that. He says, and be in health, but here's the key. He says, even as your soul, what? Prosper. Now your soul consists of your mind, your will, your imagination, your intellect, and your, uh, your focus, basically. It's your soul, is how you think. And so if how you think is not good, listen, it's going to affect how you manage. And if you don't think good, you're not going to manage good. And if you're not going to manage good, you're not going to be a good steward. And so we have to learn how to get rid of stinking thinking. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I smell your mind right now. (laughs) Now go to Luke chapter 16. Go to Luke 16. Proper stewardship always leads to more. Proper stewardship. Everybody say proper stewardship. Proper stewardship always leads to more. In other words, I'm saying to you, when you learn how to be a good steward over what God blesses you with, you can expect more to come into your life. In Luke chapter 16, it shows us the principle that proper stewardship always leads to more. And here's the deal. The test of my stewardship is not in the big things. The test of my stewardship actually starts in the small things. Now, Luke 16, verse 10, I'm, that's where I'm starting. It says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in what class? In much. And he that is unjust, we could also use the word unfaithful. He that is unfaithful or unjust in the least is unjust or unfaithful also in the what? So really what he's saying right there, he says, listen, if you can't be faithful over the little that you have right now in your life, you will not be faithful when more comes. And he needs us to be faithful with the little. So when more comes, we can be right stewards with what he blesses us with. Now watch what it continues to say. He says, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. Now that word mammon translates to be wealth. He's saying, if you cannot be faithful over wealth... Who will commit to your trust, watch this now, true riches. Now, so there's a difference between just natural money and true riches. See, true riches comes when I've learned the principles of God and he brings them into my life from me applying his word. He says, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, watch this now, who will give you that which your own? So many people go to work thinking they're working for the man. But you're not working for the man. You're working for you. Now, you are working for that person, that company, that corporation. But you're working as unto the Lord. Amen. He says, no servant can serve two masters. Watch this. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Read it with me. You cannot serve God and wealth or mammon. Now watch this. That word serve is very interesting. It means to be a slave to or to be in bondage to. He says you cannot be in bondage to God and money. Now, people say, well, how do I know if I'm in bondage to money? When money has you and you don't have it. Amen. Now, here's a take-home statement that I want you to write down. Financial increase comes by faithfulness to God first and faithfulness to another's second. Write that down as a take-home statement. I'm going to say it again. Financial increase comes by faithfulness to God first and faithfulness to another second. In other words, this is how it works. You have to first be faithful to God, and I'll tell you what that means as we continue in our lesson. But see, if you're not faithful to God, you're not going to be properly faithful to man. So here's a question that I have to everyone in the room today. Uh, Based on your job, do you earn what you make or do you take what you should have earned? I'm going to say that again. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor. I'm going to pop you upside your head if you don't listen. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. We'll edit that out the CD. Praise the Lord. Financial increase comes by faithfulness to God first and faithfulness to another second. Do you earn what you make? Or do you take what you should have earned? In other words, when they pay you, did you really earn what, you, what they paid you? Or were you just slowful and, and just got away that week? Thank you for that faint hand clap right there in the front. <laughs> now go to Matthew chapter 25. Go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Everybody say years ago. You know, when I was in college, y'all have heard this story, but some of you all haven't. I had a friend named Willie, and Willie was a believer. But Willie, you know, there were several things wrong with Willie. Number one, Willie had bad breath, bad breath. I mean, he had dragon force breath. I mean, when he talked to you, you he burnt your eyebrows off. I mean, his breath was bad. And nobody would tell him. How many know I love Willie and I told him? I told him, I mean, hey, I want you to tell me. If something's wrong, let me know. Well, the other thing that Willie had a problem with, Willie did not take care of the clothes that he had, and so he didn't have a lot of them. So he came to me one day because I had a lot of clothes. He says, Evan, man, I, 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 I don't know. You got a lot of clothes. God's blessed you with a lot of clothes. Why ain't God blessed me with some more clothes? I knew the reason why. I said, come here, Willie. I took him to my closet. I said, Willie, check my closet out. All my clothes hung up in the same direction. Everything's hung up properly. I don't have stuff hung over the pole, falling on the ground, shoes all over the place. I'm talking to somebody right now. (laughs) Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, go clean your closet up at home. So I took Willie to his room. I said, Willie, come here. I said, I took him to the room. I didn't even have to ask Willie which one of his closet because I could see the clothes hanging out of it and the smell coming out of it. I said, Willie, this is your closet, ain't it? He said, yeah. I opened it up. I said, Willie, look at this. You got clothes hanging this way. This way, you got some hung over the pole. You got dirty clothes and clean clothes mixed up. I don't even know which shoes match. I said, listen, why would God give you more clothes if you're going to treat them like this? I said, Willie, here's the deal. I dare you to start taking care of these clothes. Watch the ones that are dirty. And when you get them clean, iron them. Don't walk in here like Linus. Y'all remember Linus from Charlie Brown? The dude walked around and had a dust pedal right behind him all the time. He was dirty, man. He had a dust cloud just following him. I said, Willie, iron your clothes, man. Just put a little something on them. Don't just walk out. Willie started doing that. And three weeks into doing it, God started blessing Willie with some new clothes. Willie came back to me and said, man, I got so many clothes now. Thank you for showing me the principle. And so in Matthew 25, I'm going to show you this. Here's the principle. I want you to write this down. Faithfulness. Brings increase while unfaithfulness eventually brings decrease. I'm gonna say that again, but I'm gonna say it in a different way. Faithfulness brings increase, good stewardship brings increase, while bad stewardship eventually, say eventually, yes. eventually brings decrease. Now, I'm not gonna go through the whole parable, but this was the parable where this man, he was a lord of these people, they worked for him. And the Bible says he issued all three of these people some talents. He gave the first man five talents. Then he gave the second man two talents. And then he gave the third man one talent. And the Bible says he gave them talents based on their ability. He went out of town. And he told them to make some money out of the talents that he gave them. When he came back into town, the first guy who had five talents had took those five and made five more. So he ended up with ten. And the Bible says, and if you drop down to verse 20... It says that the uh, Lord said to him in verse 21, You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. So good stewardship took him from one level to the next level. Look in verse 22. And he that had received two talents came and said, Lord, you gave me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, well done. Good and what kind of servant? Faithful servant. You have been faithful over what? A few things. I will make you ruler. Notice who says who will make. He says, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he that received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man. I knew you, you know, it seemed like I did more work than you did. You sat in the back office in the corner with your feet on your desk. And I'm doing all the work. I'm doing all the reports. All you doing is telling me to put the reports down. You just turn it in. I know I'm doing out, So you know what? When you gave it to me, I didn't do nothing with it. I just dug it in the ground and hid it. And the Bible says... In verse 26, his Lord answered and said unto him, you wicked and what kind of servant? Lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not straw. He said, you should have at least gave my money to the bank or the bankers that at my coming, I could have at least got some interest on my money. Watch what happens because here's my point again faithfulness brings increase while unfaithfulness eventually brings decrease listen to what happened to the one who got one talent he says in verse 28 take the talent from him take it and watch what he did with it he said and give it to the one that had ten so when we are faithful over what God has given us we qualify for more in our lives amen now go to Go to Proverbs chapter 28. Now, you don't have to go there. I just want to, I want to just quote it to you. But here's the same principle. Faithfulness leads to abundance. In Proverbs 28, 20, it says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. How many here want to abound with blessings? So that means we have to learn how to be faithful to God first and man second. And then God brings the rest into our lives. It goes on to say, but he that make haste to be rich shall not be innocent. And that's why people who try to get rich quick always end up broke. Amen. You know, I think, go to Haggai. Go to Haggai. Let me tell you how to find Haggai. Go to your index. Look in alphabetical order for Haggai. Find it and turn to it. If you don't know where it is, it's on page 1023 in my Bible. Haggai chapter 1 now the reason I'm bringing this up because I believe and this is I think God something something that he showed me I believe the reason why America is in financial problems right now is because I believe if America says we are a country who watch this are a Christian nation which is how we started out then if we are a Christian nation who have printed on our money, in God we trust, but the Bible, well, the statistics show, and this was years ago, I haven't checked it, I'm sure it had not changed. Statistics show that only 4% of Christians tithe. How can we be a Christian nation and put on, in God we trust, on the money and not give God what's healed? And I'm going to show you, when you don't honor God, God doesn't honor us. And that's why, that's why our country's in debt. And I'll show you in Malachi chapter 3. He says, listen, you robbed me, even this whole nation. You know why we're in debt as a country? Because as a country, if we are a Christian nation, we should be giving to God second and giving to people second. Uh, We should give to God first and give to people second. Watch this, Haggai chapter, uh, let's see here. I want to start in chapter 1 and uh, look in verse 3. It says, then the word of the Lord, well, look in verse 2. Thus speak the Lord of hosts, saying, this people say that the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. In other words, these people sitting around saying, well, we ain't got to worry about the house of the Lord. I need to be worrying about my house. I got bills. (laughs) And so God decided to respond. Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, is it time for you? To live in these nice houses and the, and this house, the house of the Lord, lies in ways. He says now, verse 5, now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. He said, look, I want you to think about how you're handling your stuff. I want you to think about the stuff that I gave you to manage. Because you think you own it, but you really don't. And I'll show you that in just a second. He says in verse 6, you have sown much, but you bring in little. How many know that's against the principle in the Bible? So, But they were sowing, but they weren't given to God first. And because they weren't given to God first, the principle of sowing was not working for them. He says, you sowed much, but you brought in little. You eat, but you don't have enough to eat. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe, but you are not warm. Watch this. And he that earned wages and goes to work every day, he earned wages to put it in a bag with holes in it. That sounds like I am laboring, but I am not making any progress. And it's only because I'm not properly stewarding the money that God's blessed me with. So watch what happens. Watch in verse 7. See, a lot of people think that uh, it's their bills that are giving them trouble. I'm going to show you it's not your bills. It's the way you're handling them. Watch verse 7. thus says the Lord. He says, again, consider your ways. Look at how you're doing things. Think about it. So then he says, listen, I'm going to tell you what to do. He says, go up to the mountain and bring some wood down. And he says, I want you to build the house. He's talking about his house. He says, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, says the Lord. He says, you look for much. You got that promotion, but lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, he says, I did blow on it. He says, why? Because my house is not where it needs to be. God says, you got to make my house first and your house second, and I'll make sure your house stays afloat. Watch this. This is so good. Watch this. This is going to sound like Malachi. It's a mirror of Malachi. Verse 10 says this. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew and the earth is stayed from her fruit. Listen, this, this sounds like America right now. And I call for a drought on the land and up on the mountains and up on the corn. We're talking about heat, 100 degree weather, degree weather. Now all the plants and all the, all the uh, uh, vegetation is, is dying. He says, and uh, the open corn and the new wine and on the, upon the oil and upon that which the ground brings forth. Watch this. And even upon men and upon cattle and upon all the labor of your hand. God says, listen, I've dried it up because I'm not first. Let me tell you how America get out of this mess. When Watch this. Who's the salt of the earth? Christians are supposed to be the salt of the earth. So what does salt do? Salt preserves. Salt restores. Salt holds down something. Well, guess what? If just the salt of the earth will beginning to obey God with our money, listen, we can help restore this nation. I know I sound like John Hagee right now. <laughs> John Hagee sound like he's running for president. Praise the Lord. Go to 2 Corinthians 9. I know I'm walking through the Bible, but you need this this morning. 2 Corinthians 9. See, uh, uh, next week I have a very, very interesting lesson. I'm going to prove to you scripturally that when you learn how to put God first with your money, God is obligated to open up some ideals and show you ways of bringing in re- revenues in your, in your life and resources that he blesses you with. I can even show you that when you put God first, he can get you married. How many in here are single and want to get married? Let me see. I got the solution for you next week. So get all your single friends and bring them right up in here. Now, watch this. In order for stewardship to have its proper foundation, we must understand that increase has a purpose. Because, see, we've just learned that when we are faithful over little, God increases us to what? more so that means we need to know what to do with the more so we can properly do it right so he can give us some so i have to now show you that there's a purpose for increase and everything that god has everything god's created and everything that god does has a purpose look at your neighbor and say neighbor you have a purpose everything has a purpose do you know your feet stinking after you take those shoes off have a purpose How many want to know the purpose? Let me see it. Let me tell you the purpose. The purpose is to remind you to get some odor eaters. me show you the purpose of increase because many people get some increase and they eat it up and that's why it never looks like they move forward financially because all of your increase was not just for you it was listen it was for a purpose let's look and see what the purpose is look in verse 6 it said but he that I say who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully watch this every man according as he purposes in his heart let him give not grudgingly for God loves a child cheerful giver watch this now here is the purpose of increase after i give it says god is able to make all grace all favor abound to me so that i will always have all sufficiency in all things listen when you steward your money right you have sufficiency in all things and let me show you what you're supposed to do with the increase he says go watch this that you may abound to every good work. So listen, the increase you get is not all for you. It's also to do some good works with. And if you eat it all, you can't get no more. Now, write down Genesis chapter 12, verses 2. Remember now, increase has a purpose. God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. But then I want you now be a blessing and that's why a lot of people don't get increased because they're not gonna be a blessing go to first corinthians when corinthians let's go back over to first corinthians go to first corinthians let me show you the qualification of a of a a steward let me show you you know everything has to be qualified let me show you Uh, go to first corinthians chapter four and look in verse two You know what I've discovered? Ask me what I've discovered. I've discovered that the word is like liquor. Who's still drinking here? Let me see your hand. Got a couple of hands over here. See, my second service, I'm going to get more hands in that service. (laughs) Okay, who used to drink? Let me see your hand. Okay, okay. Some of y'all lying. Okay, but but I found out the word is like liquor. See, in order to stay drunk... You got to keep drinking. And as long as you keep drinking, man, you're going to stay drunk. But the moment you stop drinking, guess what? You're going to sober up. Well, when you start drinking the word, faith comes into your life. And as you keep drinking faith, guess it? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Then you're going to start saying the word and manifestations going to come. But guess what? If you stop hearing, you stop having Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, look at this. It says, moreover, it is required. Say required. required. It is required in a steward that a man be found what? Faithful. faithful. The word required there means a demand. It's a demand for a steward, which means a manager to be faithful. And the word found there means to be found through practice and experience. In other words, God wants to find us through practice and experience for us to be a good a good. Uh, steward and when we are he promises to bless us now let me give you the first key go to Ecclesiastes chapter 11 Ecclesiastes, that's in the old testament right after proverbs Ecclesiastes chapter 11 let me show you one of the first keys because here's the question how do we become because I, I can't i don't help you if i don't tell you how to become a better steward now so here's the first point in becoming a better steward how do we become better stewards number one we must understand that waiting for everything to be right in your life to learn how to give and become a good steward will always cause you to delay or disobey. If you wait for everything to be right. I'm waiting for all my bills to get paid off. I'm waiting for my, my, my ex to pay some child support. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that. Let me tell you something. If you wait for everything to be right, you'll never do what's right. Amen. Right. Amen. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, watch this, verse 4. It says, he who observes the wind... This is the amplified, and waits for all conditions to be favorable will, favorable will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. I love the New Living Translation. It says this farmers who wait for perfect weather, never plant. If they watch every cloud, they will never harvest. Basically, he said, if you wait for your life to just get together financially, you'll never obey me. And that's what the devil does. Now, next week, I am going to show you. See, I'm enticing you because next week, I'm going to show you. Some of y'all going to get some breakthrough. Because, see, some of y'all been tithing, but you ain't been seeing some results. And I'm going to tell you why. One of the reasons why is because a lot of y'all are tithing from your head and not your heart. And I'm going to show you next week why tithing from your head doesn't work like tithing from your heart. And I'll show you the difference next week. Amen? All right. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you got to be here next week. Now, I want you to write down this take-home statement. This take-home statement comes directly from the principle we just read in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. Delayed giving always equals a deferred harvest. Everybody say, delayed giving. Delayed Delayed giving always equals a deferred harvest. In other words, the longer you take to do what's right with your money, that God's blessed you with. In fact, turn to Psalm 24-1. I'm going to close right here. Psalm 24-1. Psalm 24-1. I'm going to close right here. We must understand... That God's way of management starts with knowing that everything I have belongs to him. You and I, we're not owners. We're managers. And managers don't own nothing. All they do is manage for the person who owns it. But many of us, we act like we own it. That's why we get money. We get some increase. We don't say, well, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? We just go and just go straight to dealer's. Never give your tithe to somebody who can't bless you. Dealers can only bless you with a receipt and a statement. Amen. Psalm 24 one. let let's close right here. I love this. It says, the earth belongs to who? It belongs to the Lord. And the fullness thereof. The world, watch this. He says, if you're confused about it, he says, and the world and everything in it. So if the earth belongs to God and everything in the earth belongs to God and all the people in the earth belongs to God, then everything that we think we own is not ours. And so we have to treat God's stuff with respect and order. Let me ask you a question as I close. If a thief broke into your house, would you take them to You're safe or where you keep all of your jewelry and just escort them to, oh, hey, Mr. Thief, come on to my bedroom. I got some more stuff in here. Here's a flat screen. You can take that. Here's a ring. You can take that. Here's my husband, Diamond Bracelet. He may not be happy, but go on and take that too. Let me ask you, would you bless a thief when he comes into your house? So why do we expect God to bless us if we're thieves? Oh, my God. You didn't know I was going there, did you? Touch your neighbor and say neighbor. I'm thinking about coming back next week. (laughs) I'm going to stop right here. Here's the question. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? You say, well, Pastor, I'm tithing. Well, the, the issue ain't even tithing as much as it is. What are you doing with what you got left? Are you managing right? With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning and before you can be a good steward over what God's blessed